If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn to Luke. We'll finally get there. We finished our series on Are You Ready for Christmas? And we did all that out of John. And I'm sure people say, well, that's not the Christmas story. Uh, But uh, yeah, today we're going to go to Luke, okay? Luke chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, go to Luke chapter 1. All right, here we go. I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about the gift of surrender. The gift of of surrender. You know, God has given us so many wonderful and precious gifts. Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 4 that Jesus, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he what? Gave gifts to men. Jesus is a giver. But did you know that one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given us is the gift of surrender? I know to some that kind of sounds, wow, that's a gift? Is that a gift? Yeah, you know, it is a gift. Surrender is a gift. You won't hear about this gift amongst the spiritual gifts in the book of Corinthians when it talks about all of the gifts of the Spirit. Nor will you hear any testimonies about receiving this particular gift. No one's going to get up and say, I just want to testify that I received a gift and it's the gift of surrender. Yet without it, we could not be saved. Without it, we could not live the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. Come on. We could not mature spiritually. And so what I want to do this morning very briefly is I want to look at this Christmas story from Mary's point of view, if we could. Mary went on a real short journey here when she found out what was going to happen to her. I just want to talk about that. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, but uh, the Bible says this. Now in the sixth month, what they're talking about there is uh, her cousin Elizabeth uh, was already pregnant with child. And in her sixth month, she was pregnant with John the Baptist. Uh, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, a virgin betrothed and whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and his name shall be Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? How can this be? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, 
has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, in just this short, brief span of time, this very short story, there are several changes that Mary goes through during this conversation she had with Gabriel. Fear, confusion, wonderment, come on. And finally, what? Surrender. Mary was truly transformed in one conversation. Come on. As you see there on the screen, transformation. My definition is this, the operation of changing. Come on. In this short conversation, Mary went through this as by rotation or mapping one configuration or expression into another. Mary really was transformed in this short conversation. How many know that if you have a conversation with God, no matter how short or long it is, you'll be transformed? I mean, when, Je when you walk into the room, when Jesus walks into the room, things change. Come on. The dead rise. People are healed. People get revelation. Come on. Salvation happens. When you have a conversation with God, you're not the same. Thus it is with Mary in this short conversation with the messenger and the message of God. She was transformed. And I believe many of us need to have a conversation with God. Come on, somebody. This is what Jesus brought when he was born. He brought transformation. And many of us need to get that revelation of the transformation. Come on, somebody. So the first thing that we notice is that Mary, when the angel came to her, was already betrothed to Joseph. You know, when God spoke to her about her purpose, she was already going a direction. I mean, she had a man. Come on. I mean, I got somebody and we're going to get married and we're making plans, you know. He, you know, I don't know what he's a carpenter, you know, and I'm, I'm going to keep the house and we're going to, we're going to buy us a house and raise some children. We got a plan. We're going a certain direction. Then this angel comes, starts talking to me about some, something else. You, you know, you may have a direction in life. You may be connected with what you believe is your path. In fact, you may be at a point in life already where you've served a purpose. Come on. When God comes in and sends you in a different direction completely. Maybe you're young, maybe you're on your way to college or going through college or just graduated school and you, you know what you want to do. Maybe you're a person like me, you know, midlife and you've lived some and you know you've still got some to live, but you know your direction. Maybe you're a person who's lived a lot of life and you feel like you've served a purpose in life, but God still is always able to come in at any moment at any time and change your path no matter where you are in life. He'll come in and he'll change it. 
And so what I want to tell you this morning is be open to Jesus coming in and disrupting your journey. It's the first thing that we notice from Mary. Be open to Jesus coming in and disrupting your journey. After all, he created you. He knows your purpose. Come on. What also stood out to me about Mary's journey in these few moments were her reactions. You know, she had certain, how many know you'd have some reactions if an angel just showed up in your living room? I mean, maybe if you're like me, you're watching the game and all of a sudden an angel shows up and you don't pay much attention at first because you're really into the game. Or maybe you're out shopping or maybe you're cooking, maybe you're, you know, who knows what you might be doing and an angel shows up and begins to talk to you. How many know you're going to have some reactions? You know, Mary's first reaction that I noticed was that she was afraid. She was afraid because the angel said, do not be afraid. I was thinking about a couple stories. One summer night during a severe, a very severe thunderstorm, a mother was tucking her son into bed. She was about to turn off the light when her son asked in a trembling voice, Mommy, can you sleep in here with me tonight? Can you sleep with me tonight? I'm scared. Smiling, the mother gave him a warm, reassuring hug and said tenderly, I can't, dear. I have to sleep in daddy's room tonight. And a long silence followed. And at last, it was broken by the boy's trembling voice saying, that big sissy. <laughs> Another story I was thinking about, two explorers were on a jungle safari when suddenly a ferocious lion jumped in front of them. And the first explorer said, listen, keep calm, keep, just stay calm. You know, you can't outrun a lion, just stay calm. Remember what we read in that book on wild animals. If you stand perfectly still, and look the lion in the eye, come on, he'll turn around and run. That's what we read in the book. The other one said, sure, I remember reading that in the book. You read the book, and I read the book, but has the lion read the book? <laughs> in times of fear, God comes in and tells us, listen, don't be afraid. I want you to believe. Only believe. Faith creates. Fear cripples. That's why God doesn't want us to be afraid. And so Mary had to get over her fear. We have to get over our fear when God speaks to us. Her second reaction was to wonder, how was God going to do this? How? She said, how can this be since I have not known a man? It's impossible. How many know that we think today that's impossible? Would you believe a woman today? I don't think many of you probably would. We relate to God based on our knowledge and our experiences. So often what we try to do with God is we bring him to where we are. We bring God and his ways to our own experiences. Oh, we say 
God's ways are above our ways. He does wonders to perform. We say all of those things. His ways are higher than our We say all of those things. But come on, when the rubber meets the road so very often, we relate God to us. That's impossible. I don't believe that. Well, I doubt that. Come on, there's a lot of that that comes. But how many know we can't do that? I was thinking about a man who, Charles F. Kettering, he was the head of research at General Motors. And there was a time that he wanted a problem solved. And back then, they didn't have computers and iPads and even calculators. They used slide rules. I was an engineer at AT AT&T, and I saw some old slide rules there, but they were like relics, you know, up on the wall. And uh, he said that one time he wanted a problem solved. So what he did was he placed a table outside the meeting room, and he put a little sign there. said, leave slide rules here. He said, why did you say leave your slide rule? You're a bunch of engineers, and you want a problem solved. He said, because if I didn't do that, I'd find someone reaching for a slide rule. Then he'd be on his feet saying, boss, you can't do that based on the slide rule. So he said, leave all that outside. How many know that sometimes when we come to God and when God comes to us, we need to leave some of our knowledge and experience outside? We really do. I know life is based on experience. I I realize that. And it's there to help us. But sometimes that experience cripples us if we're not open. If we're not listening to the word of God saying, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. What's the message in this? Leave your slide rules outside. I know how you measure things and I know how you look at things. But leave it outside when God is talking to you. With God, nothing is impossible. Be open to the possible of God. He can do it in your life. No matter your education, no matter how tall or short, how good looking or if you look like me, doesn't matter. Hair, no hair, education, God can do it. Doesn't matter your age, no matter what. Listen, he is able. And what's more is he is willing to do it. But there's something he wants from us. We'll get to that in just a moment. Her third reaction, and finally, was this. Her third reaction was one of surrender. Now, surrender is a battle term. It infers giving up all rights to the conqueror. That's why it's such a foreign word to us. Surrender, surrender. When an opposing army surrenders, they lay down their arms, their weapons, those things that they use to fight. They lay them down. And the winners take control of them from then on. Surrendering to God works the same way. God has a plan for our lives and surrendering to him means we set aside our own plans and eagerly seek his plans for our life. How many know God has a better plan than you can ever think of if you would just give up? Somebody once said, let go and let God. Finally, Mary said, okay, 
You came to me, I was afraid, and you said, don't be afraid. Then you told me this thing was going to happen, and I'm saying, how is this going to happen? I don't understand it. Okay, okay, I give up. <laughs> Let it be to me according to your word. See, the good news is that God's plan is always in our best interest. You know Jeremiah 29, 11. I don't have to quote it. He's for you and not against you. Plans of good and not evil. You know it. For a good end. He knows your end. And unlike our own plans that lead to destruction, our Lord is a wise and great victor. Here's the thing. I want you to think about this for a moment. He conquers to bless us. He conquers to bless us. Think about that for a moment. I'll put it in perspective for you. Think about if you're sitting on the porch in your front yard and you have a little two-year-old or maybe you're over a friend's house and they have a little two-year-old that's playing in the yard. And all of a sudden, the two-year-old gets excited and starts playing with the ball and kicks it out into the street. And then the two-year-old does what? Runs to go get the ball. Well, I mean, if you were an unloving, evil father or mother, you would sit there and say, look, don't go out there. Don't go out in the street. Don't. See, I told him he's going to get killed. I told him not to run out in the street. See, every time I say something, he doesn't do it. Now, look, look, you're laying all over the street. The car hits you. We wouldn't do that. What would you do? You would go grab, you would conquer the child for his own safety and her own good. You would conquer the child to bless the child. Come on. Here's the thing about God. That little illustration doesn't compare to what God does when he conquers us. God does conquer us to keep us from going to a place he doesn't want us to go to. Come on. I mean, he does provide a way for salvation that we can be with him forever. But see, that's, not, that's only the first part of God's conquering of us. God just doesn't conquer us simply to keep us out of the street and get, getting hit from a car. God conquers us to give us an abundant life. God conquers us to set us on a path to a destiny that only he knows about and wants to reveal to us that will bring us great joy and happiness, more than we've ever known, more than we could imagine. He's able to do above, come on, all that we can ask or even what? You can't even think what God will do for you. That's why he conquers you. He doesn't conquer you because he doesn't like you. He doesn't conquer you to control you against your will to make you upset. He conquers you because he has blessings and gifts for you. There's only one thing that he needs from us. He doesn't need us to jump through hoops. He doesn't need us to have a great education. Education is great. I'm not telling you not to get it. Get it. Come on. But he doesn't need us to do all of these things. He needs one thing from us and one thing only. Surrender. Surrender. Give up to me. Why? Because total surrender brings total fulfillment. Total surrender brings total fulfillment. And so you can see as Mary went on her journey, she started at a place 
of I know where I'm going and I'm all right and everyone can just leave me alone because I got a man. I got someone and I'm going a direction. She went to be confronted by God, the word of God, his messenger Gabriel, and all of a sudden she experienced fear. And then when he told her what he wanted to do with her life, she experienced wonderment and doubt. Come on now. He had to say, listen, don't be afraid. And I believe wrapped up in that, I'm not adding the scripture, but I believe wrapped up in that was do not doubt. Don't be afraid and only believe. And then she went to a place of, well, how? How's it going to be? And then she finally came to the place of total surrender. How many of us can get to that place of total surrender? How many would say, I'm willing this morning to at least try? This is what the Christmas story is all about. Now, baby Jesus came, of course, but he came knowing that he would give up his life for you and I, that we would have a way to salvation, but he needs something from us. God conquers to bless, total surrender.